tactical overalls. Some mole straps on there. I can always use more pockets for stuff, especially while hunting by yourself. Or you got to get them in shorts, though. That'd be awesome. But like, I didn't have enough pockets because I want to carry spare batteries, spare ammo. You know, I have a bunch of extra magazines and even these fancy little magazine holders that I could have been wearing the entire time, but I forgot all that. So I just got all this loose fucking ammo in my pocket. <laughs> and, uh, you know, beings brass is non-existent. I'm literally popping each one out, catching it, putting it in the opposite pocket. So, yeah. I guess, well, Miles is, what is it, an admin nowadays? I don't even know what they call it now. Miles moderator, whatever it is on there. Helps take care of TPH. Uh, and we're going to talk about Form 1 cans. Looks like. Uh, now, before we even get started, um, you know, probably do your own research, I would say. Absolutely. Like, Nothing I you know. say is law. Yeah, so don't like take it as the gospel. I'm giving loose advice here at best. <laughs> and if you but, knew my background, you probably wouldn't trust me all that much. But there's, I do get like a lot of questions about Form 1 stuff and all that. Yeah. So, and Miles has done a few, as you can see on the table here. So we wanted to get him in here and like kind of go over the process and all that stuff. Why don't you just buy suppressor, Miles? If you're a cheap bastard like myself, <laughs> you can save a little money on these. If you go about and buy all your individual components and do that kind of deal. But I mean, for the main motivators is time. Yeah. Like on these right here, I think I got the approval for this one in 28 days. I think I got this one in 24 days. And then the longest one here was like 34 days or something like that. So you've built one since they went e-file for yes. one, correct? Yes. These these two were both e-file. Or actually, all three of them were e-file. Because when I started that, that was right when they fired okay. that up. And that was mostly you and Kyle telling me I was stupid and that I couldn't do it. And I said, I'm going to prove y'all wrong. I'm going to do it. And so I did it. That was mainly Kyle. I was just, you know, mm-hmm. I got to yeah. get in yeah. there and fuel the fire. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Wait, would that make Kyle racist? Kyle oh, is yeah, racist. He's definitely racist. Kyle. Yeah. And he doesn't like small animals. <laughs> Can't believe we platformed him. This podcast. It's terrible. It's uh, terrible. So if I'm going to build, I guess, where do you think we should start? Like explain what Form 1 is? Fitzy? Suppressors, machine guns, short barreled rifles, that's all NFA, NFA items, NFA items or yeah. Title II items. All those are controlled by the federal government. There's a registry. You have to register to you have to register to make them. You have to register when you transfer them. So it's all carefully managed. So when most people buy suppressors, they are uh, paying the transfer fee to transfer it. When you do a Form 1, you're actually, you are acting as the manufacturer so, like, you can take a lower and form one it into an SBR. Or you can take, in this case, you know, you form one a suppressor, build your own suppressor. So it's it's similar but different. And, and the quantities that are dealing with, the form ones go a lot faster. Yeah. Yes. Than form fours. And, sure. and what so And so what eForms is, is the ATF's online system where you can register, make an account to e-file your, your, your forms instead of doing paper forms. Yes. And for those that are going to ask, it is completely legal to build your own suppressor, 100%. SBR, stuff like that. But you better do the proper channels yeah. and everything else. And with the current administration, that is subject to change day by day. <laughs> um, 
And before you really get into it, Miles, was there anything like where did you find your information? Like when you when you went to look, well, my good friend Google, like that was literally where I started <laughs> with an e file deal. And then uh, there's actually I found a really good thread on Reddit that step by stepped it all the way through. But it's not that hard. Like I mean, I may not be a smart man, but I can figure out this. And it was step by step on their e file website. I mean, you have literally you got to do this. Put your name in. Put all your information in, and then they send you the forms. And and then one something that really helped me was I I did my trust online and I can't remember the website for it, Trust Shop, something or other. But they have all the forms, and they make it dummy-proof. They don't give you the form to fill out. They literally just ask you the questions, and you answer the questions, and then they email you the form that's filled out. And so I went and I did that first because that was free of charge where I did my my trust, and then I could take that paper and go straight to the eFall website, and they give it to you in the form, and so you know exactly what you need to put in there in each each step. And – you know, the biggest thing that you worry about and that you'll see in a lot of these Form 1 deals is the uh, the length of your suppressor. And it's hard to know when you're buying a kit. Like, you can't – I can't tell them I'm going to make an 8-inch suppressor and then I get one and I make it 9-inch. That You'll be in trouble for that. If you're mm-hmm. going to miss, miss high is yeah. what they tell you. So I always I added a half-inch to every one of these when I bought the kits and said, look, I, okay, 9-inch suppressor, that's going to be 9 And if you're within a half-inch or more or close, but you're on the underside, you'll be fine. And that's what all those all the sites have told me in, in looking at. And like I said, I've never had any issues. Nobody's ever checked or looked or done any of that business. But so you know, slowing down a little bit, you're going to build your Form One can. Is there you know obviously there's websites that sell kits and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and those are subject to oh yeah get shut down here and there for sure. Is there I mean, is there a way to kind of, is there a website that does everything by the book and it's still going strong? As far as I know, like I got this one off a website, JR Machine Pro, and theirs are full kits, all machined, everything's right, but there's no holes in anything. The only thing that's got a hole is your threaded end right there, and that's it. Uh, And as far as I know, though, I mean, those guys are still rocking and rolling. I've I've been to their website a few times and they build build good stuff, and it's on the higher end. You're still going to, Doing that, you're going to spend as much money as you would on, say, a dead air or something like that. But you're going to get to do it in 30 days instead of yeah. 8, yeah. 10, 12 months, you know. And that's the thing there. So, so you, oh, one thing to mention on with the new ATF stuff and the, and the kits, and this pertains what I've seen on a lot of the firearm kits, is kind of what they're looking for now is if it comes packaged with, like, all the tools necessary to do it too. So, like, if you get a kit that comes with the drill bits – that seems to be what they're really targeting hmm. more so than anything else. Like you can't package it with the drill bits right. necessary. So like when you, when you get the kits, do they come with everything to drill? No. Okay. Like you can buy. And so like one thing I think smart that these guys do, they there are jigs that, that will clamp your, uh, that will clamp your cones and stuff in there that you're going to drill out, but they don't sell them on their website. They say, Hey, if you want a jig, there's a guy over here that builds them. That'll match these and you can buy from him. So they right. don't send any of that stuff with it. Now, like these guys, like I said, where they this one got shut down, and I think it's because they were skirting the laws too close. Because when I got this right. one, like I'm not worried about my side of it because I had my stamp in hand, ready to rock before I ever ordered this, just because I was I wanted to be as cautious as possible. This one came with every hole drilled in it except the end cap, yeah, and it wasn't represented as that on their website, which mm-hmm. I found a little funny. But then I got it, I was like, oh, I, <laughs> I drilled one hole and that one's good to go. So. Backing up to something you just said, do you buy the kit first or do you 
do the tax stamp first? What I, do you need to do? I do the tax stamp first. I, technically, by the law, it doesn't matter if you buy that, and I can put that in my safe and not drill a hole in it, and it's fine. There's nothing illegal about that. Right. But me, just wanted to be cautious in case something came up, if they ever started looking at timelines or anything like that. I went and I researched and I said, all right, I'm going to buy this kit. And I'm going to do this first. And so I know I got all my measurements. I knew what everything was going to be. And then I filled out all my forms and sent that in. And then once I got the approval back, I bought the kit. Okay. So that's just your personal preference to. Yeah, just, just personal preference. Be as cautious as possible. So you get the, you, you have, you have, like you said, you already have a trust. Mm-hmm. So how does all that work? You got the trust. Do you add, so you do, you, uh, Send off your tax stamp, get your tax stamp back, buy the kit, build the suppressor. Mm-hmm. Then do you put it in your trust? Like how does all well, that? No, work? all your trust information has to go in when you approve first, because that's like I'm either getting, I'm either getting approved as an individual, you know, you can do that, or if you get approved as a trust, and then the kicker on the trust is that every responsible party you have listed on your trust has to go through the background check, and right. so actually, this one is on its own trust because I had done a trust and I did these. And I have a couple of manufactured suppressors that I bought at the house as well. And I added a couple of people to that trust. Yeah. And so if I had gone back and done another, I would have had to have sent off their fingerprints, their background. They'd have had to do the whole nine yards and it would have taken a lot lot longer. Yeah. And so I did this one as an individual. It's still on a trust, but I was the only person that has a responsible party on that trust. So you send off for your going back, send off for your tax stamp. You get the tax stamp back, you order this kit. Mm-hmm. When the kit comes in, what is the process there? Well, you I mean it's but literally just drill it out and you're good to go. But you got to get your uh, there's information you have to have on here. So you've got uh, the name of your trust, your location. You have to have a specific serial number assigned to it. You have to have your caliber assigned to it, and you have to have your model number assigned to it. And all that's got to be etched in it. And so I had to get that laser etched. I got the tube laser etched before I drilled the holes as well, just because I want you. you if you drill the holes and you got it, and then you take it to go get it laser etched, you're already you're already illegal right there. Now, I mean, not right. they'd have to catch you from your house to where you're getting it laser etched or whatever you're doing. Right. But there again, just to keep it. So, do you do you have when you do your paperwork for your? Do you already have an idea of what you're gonna serial number and all that? All stuff? that has to be on the on the That's form when you send it in. You yeah. got to name the deal, and <laughs> you guys want to entertain yourself. Go to the form one page. And they have a list. So if you come up with a new name, you have to get that name approved by them first before they can allow you to put it on a suppressor. But they have a list of names that people have used for theirs. And you want to talk about some entertainment. <laughs> there are some ridiculous names on there and long names, short, just whatever people have put. Just any any of the most ridiculous thing you can think of to name a suppressor, it's on there. So you have to... Put all this information on the suppressor technically before you actually complete the suppressor. Yes. And then once, so once all that's done, you're good to go. There's yeah. anything, any other steps Nothing else. process? Nope. And the, the only part of that, there is still some paperwork with the e-file. So you have to do all your e-file business and then uh, they'll, they'll review it and they'll approve you and they'll send you an email and that email has got a cover letter on it. And you have to take that cover letter. You got to do your physical fingerprints and then you got to, in the form 23, which is your standard purchase firearm form, and you got to send that. You got to send a copy of that back to them in West Virginia or something like that. And then you have to send a copy of it to your uh, local law enforcement to look at as well. Hmm. I mean, yeah. But you don't, you have to send a picture. You have to send your picture uh, to the one 
going to the government, but not to your local law enforcement. So what's the, what would you say the, the turnaround time from the, the moment? Okay. I'm going to build a suppressor form one can. What's the time frame for everything about a month. Yeah. I mean, if you can, you can fill out all the forms once you have your trust, you know, and if you stack the trust and all that business on there, you can add some time to it. But once you go to the e-form website, fill it out, they'll approve everything you've got there. And then they will, uh, that's where you got to fill out your form 23 and send your other business back to them with your fingerprints and your picture and all that. And then they will send you your stamp after that. So you're 30 days from there. And then I'd say, I'd call it 60 days all in from buying your kit and drilling and doing all your stuff. And that's just on your own timeline. But, uh, yeah, they got to, um, now getting that back. So they'll send you the biggest thing for me that I screwed up on this first one. They send you an email with your cover letter attached, but it's an encrypted email. And you can't look at that on your phone. You have to go to a hard computer and check right. it, log into your email there because that, that attachment will never show up. And when they send you that, you got 14 days to get your fingerprints and your pictures and everything and send it back to them. And so I screwed up. And actually, I've had I've had really good luck with calling them and uh, being able to call them and, and speak to a person on the phone and say, hey, what's going on here? This hadn't come in, whatever. And they're like, no, we sent that to you 10 days ago. I'm like, well, crap, I got four days to get my right. fingerprints and everything in. So I had to go do it that day and get everything sent to them. But uh, like I said, that was the biggest thing for me was that encrypted email. And they'll send it back. And you don't even get a physical stamp. They don't mail you a stamp. They mail you a, a PDF copy that's got a stamp printed on it. And it's got all your information. It looks just like a normal one, but and it's all just printed. Yeah. And I just keep pictures of all that stuff on my phone. So I've got it with me all the time. And I keep a hard copy in my gun case. But so got all that with you. So you don't, so just for people listening, you don't have to buy kits. Uh, this is for you to manufacture your own suppressor. So if you're like, you're a, a very good machinist mm -hmm. and you think you have an idea for a good suppressor, you can technically build your own start to finish. Like hundred percent. Know, you don't have to buy kits and yeah, the whole kits thing. That's what I was wanting to do some of these so I could go through the process and, you know, uh, but it just, like all them websites and everything constantly getting shut down, it, I'm, it just worries me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I would. And you can tell, you can tell the ones that are doing everything on the up and up, and you can tell the guys that are trying to skirt the law, because there's some of those where they're like, "Hey, print this form, and you snail mail it to us, and we'll fill your order, and we won't put your name on it when we send it to you." And we'll just send it to you, and then we'll destroy your form. So there's no record of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, all right, boys. That well, one, well, that spooks any, me a little. On any of that, anytime, you know, whether it's right or wrong, the ATF will come to shut down these places. And the first thing they want is I need a list of every customer. Yep. Yep, 100%. Yep. And I could see why they'd want to do it that way because it's like, oh, the ATF could just decide tomorrow to, you know, raid you and right. do that. Right. Oh, Yeah. Right. And that, you know, I mean, obviously there's some people preference. doing illegal shit. Yeah. I mean. That's all your personal preference. What, what's your risk level you're willing to take? Yeah. You know, and that's the crazy part of it. And like, and you can do it cheaper. Like, so these two are titanium. Yeah. Everything titanium except for the first two baffles are stainless steel. Cause they'll take the, uh, they'll take the powder blast better and last right. longer. This one is all aluminum start to finish. And now I, I built that specifically for a 22 mag. That's all I wanted to use it on. A lot of those guys on the Form One pages and stuff like that, well, they'll run aluminum on bigger on big bore guns, and yeah. I'm like, I mean, I'm brave, but I ain't that brave. And you know, the thing for me is that aluminum get too hot too fast if you were to run anything on it. And now I have shot this on my AR one time, but I didn't shoot more than three shots. 
Right. She threw shots at a time, then let it rest and get cool like that. But this one, in both of these, I mean, I've run magnums through them and got them near glowing red hot and no issues at all. So Yeah. But the first time, I will say the first time I took one out and fired it, I was on the gun range. And I had on safety glasses and gear. Well, <laughs> now I've got to hide back and give it, you know, give it a trigger pull like that to make sure it didn't blow up on me. But, but after that, no, I'm I'm absolutely confident in these. And and you know, I've shot with lots of guys that have manufactured suppressors and side by side, and you can't hardly tell the difference. Right. And I've even had some guys tell me they thought this one was quieter than theirs. Well, I mean, this one looks just like a, you know, some of the stuff you're seeing nowadays, except for. Most most of them nowadays are the baffles are just welded together to keep the weight down. Yeah, which I think I mean, if I was gonna do a form one can, I'd probably I don't know. I think I'd just try to manufacture the whole thing. Like yeah. Find a. How would you go about doing? Say I know a good machine shop that I know is capable of doing that. Would they have to do the manufacturing? No, if you you have to be buddies with them to be able to get in there and do it. But there's nothing wrong with you buying all that stuff, buying the steel, whatever, the titanium. You have to be in person, in person present when that's being manufactured. So you could take that to a guy who's really good on a CNC lathe or something and say, hey, let's make this. But you have to be there the whole time. Right. You can't send them the parts and let them do it because all that's got to be transferred back and forth. Right. And then there's there's some funny laws about recoring and stuff like that where you're not supposed to be able to do that. But you can send it to an, uh, I think it's the SOT, SSOT or whatever that can, you can send that to them and, and do it that way. But I've not ever looked really into that because, I mean, it's, you're just at, might as well build you another one at that point for in my right. mind, because for the money you're going to spend on that. Right. But like on there, there's a form one suppressor group on Facebook that I'm a part of. And there's some guys in there that are way smarter than me when it comes to that. And they're designing and, you know, and they're trying. So I think I want to say this one's like 60 degree baffles in there, but they're taking them down to 50 and up. They're changing baffle designs and clip designs and all that kind of stuff in there on each one of them. And those guys do it on their own. But what they do, uh, and what's 100% legal, is you can get as many Form 1s as you want. You don't have to build the can immediately. So you can have that stamp and have your set length. The only thing that's holding you back is your length. you got to make sure you stay within that. But you can get – I know there was some one guy in there talking about he had like six Form 1s ready to make, but he hadn't done anything with them. He just had all the approvals. So he had stamps for all that business and just hadn't done anything with it. Mm. So you can do that if you think it's something you want to do then you can go pay that $200 and get your stamp and stay within your, stay within your length and you don't guess what you want to do and you'll be fine Yeah, for later on down the road. And it's, this is the same, same process for an SBR. Yeah. Do you need to take that? Is it a boss? Nah. Okay. Same, same process for an SBR. Fitzy, how do you, so you probably know as far as like, I'm going to form one SBR. What is that process? I mean, the same like, thing for the most part. The, the difference is you need barrel length, and then you need overall length. And, the, yep. you know, similar thing, shoot shoot on the high end. I haven't done a Form 1 in a long time. I mean, 10 years. Well, I mean, so. it, it's literally the same form. Yeah. And you yeah. just, you check suppressors. They actually have it listed as silencer, I think. You check silencer or you check short barrel rifle. And then if you do silencer, then you don't have to do over. You do overall length. You don't have to do barrel length. You just leave that one blank. So it's all actually the same form, yeah. Same process. So, which one of these is your favorite one? I'll have to say this one at the moment. It's the first one I built, and I've run well over a thousand rounds through it. 
And this one I just haven't shot enough with yet. I built it this year, and I my main target was for your favorite caliber, thirty out six. That's why I built the. That's why it's fatter. You know, that's an inch and three quarter. Yeah. I just wanted it to have a lot more capacity, and I hadn't messed with it that much. I've shot it on a, uh, on a couple of rifles, and it's it does great. Is this one all three quarter? That one or no? A little bit, not much. Not much. Yeah, you're, I, it surprised me actually. I thought this would be a lot quieter. Right. This one's got an extra baffle in it. I think this one's only got nine. And I think this one's got 10. I stacked them in here. And I was doing a lot of research when I first started. And there's like a, a, a so I've got a flatter, like a blast baffle here at the end. That's what they were calling it for some reason. But this one's got like a three-inch chamber in it, uh, blast chamber at the start. And then I've got three-quarter inch, three-quarter inch, and the rest of them are like three-eighths inch. or uh, Maybe a little more. I can't remember. I have to look. I built this one like four years ago. But it has a lot more baffles in it and then a flat one at the end. And... The fun part about this one, and one, one reason I was scared of it, is you look down it, it's it, the hole's true down the middle, but a couple of those got a little wonky. I had a, my drill press had a little wobble to it when I was doing that, <laughs> so I just drilled them out big enough. And you know, uh, you talk about the constriction and stuff like that. You want a tighter hole for a smaller bore or a smaller caliber. You know, yeah. I've not that's not ever been an issue with this one for me, and that's right. the weirdest thing. Like, and I didn't clip any of the baffles on this one. It's all just uh, they're all just straight holes, and that's it. And so that was, like, for me, I was very surprised how well this one performed when I started it. And this one's got clipped baffles and that kind of stuff. And so I think it'll be, <laughs> it'll be, it'll hold zero better pulling it off and on and that kind of deal. But I've got, like, I've got a, my 223 with a thermal on it that I pull this off and on. I run this on my 6.5, my Creed, and then, and then that 223. And I never, I don't have to adjust the sight when I do it when I'm running thermals with that. Which one's the most accurate out of all of them? As um, far as like I think shoots here. the best groups. I think probably here. I've and I mean, well hell, I've I've run this one. I've shot out here at your range and yeah. shot a thousand out there with that with my Creedmoor, my six five, and had no issues with that. And so it's done I mean, it does real well with that. You know, this one, I've just this is the one I've used the least, but just because it's aluminum. Right. You know, the crazy thing for this one, I'm three hundred and eighty three dollars all in. That's with a two hundred dollar tax stamp on that one that's that, pretty cheap yeah that kit was 183 dollars, and then well I, and i had to pay what well, i think i spent 40 bucks on it getting it laser etched but but that was it on that one right and that you know but that is the aluminum one and it sounds good on that 22 mag and i have a good time with it and makes it a whole lot more pleasant for my boy to shoot so does it so is this company the one that got shut down yes oh, okay so what are, what are the names of the other two this one was jr machine pro and then this one was uh I mean, I bought stuff from about fourteen different places. Okay. So I like bought a <laughs> bought a tube from prep from Preppers Discount. They have some mag light conversion kits and stuff. I was a little I'm a little surprised that they're still around. As far as I know, I hadn't looked at them recently. But I bought the tube and end caps from there, and then I bought uh, spacers from somewhere else, and then I bought the cups from somewhere else. But they all they're all machined to the same. Right. Know, the problem yeah. is your tolerances aren't all exactly perfect, right. and this one is a tight fit, and so. Yeah. I've taken it apart and cleaned it one time, and I don't know that I really needed to. I just wanted to do it one time, but I did have to find a dowel rod that was the right size and hammer them out of there. Right. And then stuffing them back in was pretty tight. But this one from that JR Machine Pro deal, that, I mean, that's hands down the best one I've had. But I also spent about $800 on this one. So yeah. I wasn't really doing hadn't didn't get a lot of price savings on that side of it. No. But I got to do it in 60 days. Yeah. And I actually brought this one out here. I drilled this one. So... This one was the the trial run. 
I was a little right. sloppy with it, just wanted to get it done, and but it's performed flawlessly. I've loved it. And these two, I actually did a little better deal with. Uh, I got the end mill, the end mill bits instead of. So this one I drilled with with drill bits, and I started small, and then stepped it up, stepped it up, stepped it up, and got a little. Even you know a couple of them, if they got a little out of center, well, I had to wear it out on the other side a little bit. So them, there's a hole or two in there that might be oblong. So that's what I'm like. I'm no expert here, guys, but but this one I had end mill bits and uh, direct to the size that I wanted, and uh, just took my time real good and drilled it out. And this one looks really good on the inside. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned something ago. What are they called? Uh, Might see the little slots on the. On the baffles, what do you Clips. call that? Clips. Yeah. Explain that. Well, it's just uh, that's an airflow deal. I need a little bigger Allen wrench so I can open that one up. But I mean, that's uh, for airflow. They want like it gives it a consistent place to go out, and you know, some of the if you look down the Nomads and that kind of stuff, they've all got a single clip in them, and they're all consistent, but they're not all in a line. It's same size on every one, and there's a lot of debate between these Form One guys. If you line those clips up, if you don't line them up, if you drill them, if you're all perfect. And so, like, there's some that, you know, some guy's got a double step clip that's, he swears it's the greatest thing in the world. And it's got everything in it. So, it's like a big, it's a big clip for like an eighth of an inch. And then it comes in and dips again for another, another eighth of an inch there. And you do that on both sides. And they claim that that's the best thing in, you know, since sliced bread. But, right. I, I don't know. Everybody it makes no has. difference. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's got the same thing. Would you recommend a person getting on one of those form one groups for information or would you recommend doing research? I would, I would absolutely recommend getting on one of the forums for information, but I would also recommend take it with a grain of salt. Right. There's a bunch of dummies like me on there. You're saying, well, I did this and it worked. And then yeah. there's guys that are actual machinists that know their tolerances that know all their, that do everything perfect. Yeah. And they have a lot more information. And there's some of those guys on there that, that manufacture and build them for people and do that kind of stuff and so they are a lot better about it but you just kind of you got to weed through your bullshitters and your truth tellers yeah and there's a little bit of truth in all of it but you know you gotta you gotta think you gotta think independently on the deal when you when you start doing all that kind of stuff and see and you said uh as far as like i want to get information on the process of paperwork you said you went to just google and went to well reddit actually had a really great deal that was literally step by step exactly what you needed to do and I mean that's it, just googling that stuff. And I mean, there again, you got to take it with a grain of salt. That's nothing. Nothing's right. going to be the gospel. You got to think for yourself when you get on that form one website. But the only thing that's going to do, you're not going to get in trouble filling out the form one if you do it incorrectly because it's not going to get approved. Right. They're going to they'll send it back to you, and they're terrible about not telling you what's wrong with it. They're just like, no. Yeah. What I do wrong? No. <laughs> well, how do I fix it? No. <laughs> Guys, I can't, and then you just got to go pour back through it, and uh, and it'll tell you. But so, what about the ATF's website? It's uh, slow, slow. Is there is there any information that can be had off ATF's website? Not to my knowledge, and and I've not ever gone to a different ATF website. I've gone to the eForm website, and that's it. Right. Their help section is terrible. Right. It literally just says do it right. Right. Like, well, <laughs> well how how do I do it right? Well, we'll do it right. Yeah. Well, come on, guys. And then, but you, and, and it's hard to mess up. I mean, I did it wrong a few times up front, but when you do it wrong, you try to submit it, it kicks it back to you. And then you just got to look through and change something. And most times it'll give you a little exclamation mark, a little red one. They'll tell you what you did wrong, or it doesn't tell you what you did wrong. It just gives you the section that you were wrong in. And then you got to go back and pour through that and see what you're doing. 
But, uh, you know, you got to approve, you got to send your picture and it's got to be on a, they want it like a passport photo. It's got to be on a white background, a certain size. Well, you can't send too big a one. You can't send too small a one. You can't send one with too high a pixel, whatever. I mean, talk to Fitzy on the, the numbers there, but it can't be, it's got to be the right picture. Right. I mean, and I literally end up taking one on my iPhone and emailed it to myself and then sized it properly and sent it back to them. And did that. And so you scan and you scan and upload your trust on there and all that kind of business too. And they'll, but they'll have to go through it and approve it before you get anything. Yeah. And that's where the, that's the approval. They're approving all your paperwork at first before they'll even give you that cover letter that tells you, Hey, this is the address to send your fingerprints to and you're in a, in a physical picture and all that stuff. So where'd you go to get your fingerprints? There's places. Uh, so I live down around Houston, uh, Northwest of there, but, uh, there's places there that are, that'll do that. Uh, you just do a little bit of searching and say, Hey, well, I, there's some guy, some fingerprint guy over here will do that for you. Yeah. I had a guy down the street from my work that I again, it went in and did them electronically. He had the, yeah. just like if you've done the silencer shop kiosk deal, he had that, but he had it in his, at his, uh, shop. And I went in there and did, did that. And he printed me copies. And so then after that, I just had to call him and say, Hey, print me another copy. Yeah. And so that was pretty simple. Or, I mean, isn't it, isn't it the same people that do it for your concealed carry license, Fitzy? Like, can do your fingerprints and all that? I believe so. I think, I think yeah. that's what it is. It's the same thing, but it's, it's got to be the paper form. You can't you can't send them pictures or anything like that. It's got to be the true ATF form that you send it right. in. Right. So, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be... Would you recommend a person going to someone like Brandy for this? Like the service she she offers? Yeah, yeah. She does. Uh, she helps with Form 1s. I don't know how much she's done suppressors, but SPRs for sure. So, what, I mean, what do you call it? Like she's an NFA was, service? Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of people who do it. It's normally like at-home FFLs where it's yeah. like a NFA service would probably be the best thing. Um, so like... Uh, Hers is like DFW. She's in the Dallas area. DFW NFA Services. I don't know if that's yeah. her website name. I'll put it in the. I'll put it in the. Uh, Next time she's here, we should just get her on the podcast. Yeah, and uh, essentially they walk you through step by step yeah. and help Very, you make sure you don't screw yourself over. And I would, I'd probably like for anybody, you know, doing this for the first time, I'd probably recommend that route. Like, find a reputable NFA service. Nowadays. <clears throat> Nowadays, there's a lot of people doing it, and they don't charge that much usually to just, like, do a form. I'd probably recommend that. I mean. Well, because I, I, I even think in her case, she'll help you navigate, like, the eForms website yeah. and all that. And just get somebody, like, that's her That's her job. Like, she does, you know, yeah. does forms. Yeah. Uh, because you would think that the website, you know, ATS website would be pretty good or. Or you can call a field agent and get some. You can't clarity. Not gonna happen. The only problem with that is, as it pertains to field agents, it's the same thing with like a game warden. You talk to five different ones, you're probably gonna get five different answers. And Absolutely. It's like well, and this is like form one suppressors are so outside the norm. Like if you even most ATF agents, they NFA stuff to them, like they're. They don't really know the intricacies of it. And then yeah. this is like on the edge of that. So yeah. it's. Yeah. But I would, I would definitely recommend like reaching out to an NFA, NFA service like, like hers. To and help and you some of your, some local gun you. stores of yours might have it too. Yeah. 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 Walk you through the process until you like, 
get an idea of it. Well, at least tell you the big things. Like, yeah. don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. Yeah. Well, and there's it, also a bunch of uh, trust lawyers, uh, stuff like that, that would, if you have questions on trust, that's mm-hmm. probably the route I would recommend going. Like, get a reputable, reputable I can't say that word. Reputable. Trust lawyer. If you're going to get, like, if you have questions about certain trust and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, I mean, uh, that's another question I get a lot. Do you have to get a trust? You don't have to. No. But in my mind, it's the smartest way to play it because if you don't get a trust, if you do it as an individual, then you're the only person that can possess that suppressor ever. Right. Why would you let people touch your guns, Miles? <laughs> well, I mean, if I got my cousin with me that wants to shoot, then I'll let him shoot my suppressor. So, now, that's fine if you're within contact, but... You know, if I got a buddy that doesn't shoot suppressed and I'm civilized, so I only shoot suppressed as much as I can, and I want to bring my buddies into that and be like, hey, you're an idiot, shoot with a suppressor. So is there anything wrong with doing, you know, just single shot, whatever, whatever they, what do they call it? There's a single shot trust you can do on a silencer shop deal. Not, not, a, not the trust, like just do my form. Yeah. Can I add it to the trust after I get it? Uh, you can, but I think you got to pay a two hundred dollar transfer. Another you, one, you got to do the same stamp to transfer. It. I'll, yeah, I don't know because you have rather. you have to approve it. It's got to be approved and got to go through a background check to right. go because you have responsible parties on that trust. I'd still rather. I mean, I'd probably pay it just to not have to wait extra long. Well, see, I didn't have to wait extra long because really, if you do a trust and you're the only responsible party on right. it, you're only doing the single right. background check for yourself. It's just you fill the forms out a little different. Yeah, and then the silly part for me. It's like, I can add anybody to that trust whatsoever. It, me and you, you want to be on the trust, we go down to the notary, get the proper forms tied to your trust, fill it out, me and you sign it, notarize, notarize it, you're on my trust. No background check, no nothing. Yeah. You know, the only, the caution you have about that is me as the main trustee is the responsible party. Well, I mean, everybody on there would be a responsible party, but me as the, as the head trustee I'm criminally responsible for anything anybody right. does on that trust with my with my stuff. So if you do it that way, when you go to buy another suppressor. If you have them on there, then they have to go through the background check as well. Okay. And now, see, that's the funny part. I can remove them just as easy. But if I remove them in the meantime, they can't possess these suppressors until right. the full approval comes back. And you can't add them while you're out it for approval. Right. So if I wanted, if I had, so, you know, if I had my uncle on there with me and, hey, I want to do another suppressor, and, he, and it's like, well, I don't want to do it with two people on a responsible party. I'm going to remove you from the trust. Well, for the next 10 to 12 months that it takes me to buy that suppressor, he can't, he can't have those suppressors on his own. Right. Kind right. of deal. So, I mean, there's, and that's, that was why I did, because I have, I have two people on these trusts. That's, these two are on the same one. And that's why I did this one on a separate trust. Right. Yeah. So. Are you intending on making any more? Probably not at the moment until something until something cool comes out, some right. new cup design or something like that, because I've got these three, and then I've got three manufactured. So, I mean, I've got six suppressors, and I've only got two hands to shoot with. So, <laughs> Yeah, but why not have more? I mean, <laughs> I mean you know, there's there. I can come out I here anytime I want to see, I it, don't see like, a new one. I don't like having them pull suppressors off a gun so would you uh would you ever buy a like a, like a commercial one now yeah yeah so yeah He's yeah that's what i air. did so like when i so the thing was i decided i wanted to get one of those nomad l's yeah and 
I bought that. So I did my own trust or did another trust for that. And I bought the Nomad L and I, gosh, that took me almost 11 months to get. And in the meantime, I was like, well, I've got this trust. It's all mine. So that's when I built that one, when I was just waiting on that Nomad L and it's strikingly similar to this. The Nomad L is. Yeah. So there's actually not a lot of sound difference in that and a Nomad, the Nomad L. Not a lot, but there is some. I'm sure there is. <laughs> not to my untrained ear. Will you take that over? We'll have to shoot it this afternoon and let you listen to it. Wait, Wade is like a sommelier of suppressors. Well, that's why I would like to hear. That's why I would like to have him shoot these and listen to them. I've since I've started wearing, like religiously wearing Ear Pro, even though I'm shooting suppress, mm-hmm. I've kind of lost my. Lost your touch. My ear for it. Yeah. But I'll, I'll probably steal. Yeah. Just, you know, I want to start thinking about like, even though this is press, it's probably still not good to be shooting this much without ear pro. Probably. But pre, pre that, like I could, I guarantee you I could hear probably one to two decibel change. Yeah. Like it, it just shoot that much. Well, as much like, as you shoot. Yeah. You start getting like very particular about what suppressor and even I can hear the difference in end caps, uh, caliber matched yeah. in cap i could yeah. hear that difference when i was shooting all the time without ear pro yeah but since i went like went to ear pro it's i've kind of lost it and, but to, to a layman like myself, soft yes <laughs> to a layman like myself i can't tell the difference in that kind of right. stuff and most people won't be able to well also you I mean you said as much as he shoots and we have i would say like every suppressor Probably, if not close, close to, to it, we we you know we have a a lot. Between, Probably between me, you, and others. Yes, uh, I have. A, if I don't have, well, I've kind of gotten my favorites nowadays, but I have access to be able to shoot mo- many different suppressors. But I mean, I still have my favorites: the uh, Diligent, Dead Air, and CGS. I mean, they're kind of. Uh, I mean, I like like it's kind of uh, leaning towards these Q, days. Yeah, the big one. What's it called? Uh, the you you uh, there's the Thunder Chicken, but then you the Trash have, Panda. You have the Full Nelson too, right? Or in, yes, Brooke Brooke has the Direct Thread. Yes, the Brooke Nelson, has that one, which I think they're they're discontinuing something. I don't know yeah, what. They, it, I don't remember which one it was, but yeah, they just Brooke has the you know Direct Thread, and I have the other one. I can't. Remember. The, the Thunder Chicken's the the that's, mound, that's yeah. pretty. Long, I like that can. And yeah. I really like the fact that the muzzle device. <laughs> you like Kevin Brittingham? Ugh. <laughs> He's not popular anymore. Ugh. Uh, you can't like you can't like CGS and Q at the same time. Ugh. Turns out I can. <laughs> I will say this 100% as far as accuracy goes. My dead air Sandman L. What do you mean? Is L- it, wait, wait. Accuracy? Or is it precision? Whichever one is correct. Whichever one's correct these days. Yeah. Uh, is it the Sandman L? That's the long one? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the old, the old yes. direct thread, yeah. Direct that. If I want to shoot like the tiniest groups to show off, that bitch gets put on. Yeah. 100%. I mean, and as far as, you know, across the other cans, uh, dead airs are always shoot really good, like pretty yeah. really good groups. Uh, the, new, the diligent ones are very impressive, uh, especially at the weight. Like, I've started wanting to run nothing but the Nomad TI and the Diligent TIs or whatever they're called on hunting guns. You have the Enforcers and they're in steel and TI. So you have the Enforcer S and the Enforcer L, L being the longer one. But 
perhaps and this is just mine my experience yeah this is a uh, anecdotal yes as they would say my cgs don't they're a little bit more picky than the rest as far as shooting tiny groups Lucky but i do not. like like they're very lightweight and they <clears throat> sound good uh but if i really want to shoot small groups it gets that old dead air pass set the dead air and the uh diligent shoot really good then it's cgs which most of my cgs are on pig guns because you know yeah. like i'm shooting behind thermal or you know kind of minute of pig I yes mean. and i just want good you know good sound yeah so yeah uh, well and you're usually and a lot of times you're shooting in close proximity to other people yeah. with that deal so i'm running uh i'm running those on all thermal pig guns i mean but i have shot them a bunch i mean i like it nowadays most suppressors are pretty damn good yeah i mean any suppressor is better than no suppressor exactly i don't give a shit if you form one and build one out of a damn flashlight yeah and i, I, we're, I we're, used to be one of those guys <laughs> no I, I absolutely used to be one of those guys that didn't care i thought i don't need no suppressor i don't shoot that much it ain't that big a deal and then you run out and go get into a group of 30 or 40 hogs in a wheat field yeah, yeah. and it's like oh my god this is terrible yes. even with earplugs and earmuffs and everything on it's like oh my god and then I came out here and started shooting with some, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I think I need to do that. And now that I do it, I, I'm like, you, I don't even want people shooting around me without them. Yeah. I, that's why I have six, because I'm like, hey, uh, you, you, got a, you got a threaded gun there? Yeah. No. You got a suppressor? No. Well, here, come shoot mine. Yeah. This one's, this one's sided in. Here you go. Go for Leave it. Leave your loud shit at the house. Yes. <laughs> well, it's like, I know very few people who've gotten into suppressors and who aren't like, I have to suppress everything. Yeah. yeah, it's very yeah. rare that you find somebody who's just like, eh, you know, I, I never use it. Yeah, yeah, no, that doesn't happen. I mean, even Pappy and them got a couple now. Oh yeah, and he's old as dirt. Yeah, yeah, old. he already came still here. shoots three hundred eight. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> the thirty oh eight. I hear he likes uh, what is that? What is that device called? Better than a suppressor? Oh, you got up there. What is that? I heard that's his tool tool of choice. Oh, tire iron, a hammer. Oh, the little uh, <laughs> capsule. Oh. The, oh, the poison deal? Yeah. Yeah. M44. <laughs> but, uh, M44. Yeah, it's kind of like Wade said. It's like, I, I have to have one on every one of my guns. It's just so much more pleasant to shoot. And like, so, I mean, my, my son shot his first deer this last year. We actually just got the mount back. He was super pumped. That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. The look on his face when yeah. that deer came through the door. He literally got on the ground and hugged it. <laughs> it was hilarious. That's but good. I got him shooting. Uh, he shot that with a two two four Valkyrie. Yeah. and suppressed and I, I put a, a different lower on it with an adjustable stock and so it fit him just fine and yeah. not a blink not an yeah. issue at all and if i'd let him shoot something bigger without suppression then you know well, even even sensitive ears would have even uh small calibers unsuppressed like you have that flinch and it's not enjoyable like yeah nowadays there's no reason why people shouldn't have ear pro number one yeah. it's way more 100%. available nowadays yeah. Number two, like if you want to get your kids into hunting, there's a couple of things I recommend. And number one is a 22 suppressed. Yeah. Start getting them, getting them into firearms. Yeah. And number two is once you kind of work through some key fundamentals, put them on steel targets or anything that's reactive. Anything, oh yeah. Because yeah, that'll get them involved and like they'll they'll have fun with it because that's what it's oh, supposed yeah. to be about. I no, mean, that's honestly, that's actually I was going to say those little 22 spinner targets and stuff. You yeah. set them out at 40 yards. And when he can make them spin, it's the greatest thing in the world. And I've got a setup for him that's got like one of them's like a, a five inch and then a three inch and a two inch. 
and he's I make him try to step down yeah. and hit him. And man, the look on his face when he hits that small one, he's fired up. Any kind of reactive number one, there's also like because of video games, there's a cool factor to kids when there's a suppressor on the rifle. Yeah, for sure. In uh anything like reactive targets, like make it a goal to like hit this steel target, something they can hear ping and everything else. Yep. You're gonna get them. They're gonna be more, much more excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. They see something a, instead of just a hole in paper. So sitting down with a thirty out six that's not suppressed and you know what <laughs> doesn't fit them at all and yeah, and no, don't do any. Wait, of that. are you are you advising people to not give their kids permanent hearing damage? Yes, I am. And and, and am terrible scars leading to their adult yes. life. Thanks, Dad. My ears are ringing still right now to this day. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Crazy suggestion. I know here. this is absolutely crazy. What are you saying? You don't want your ha- your kids to have their ears ring for the rest of their life? No. Oh, my kids are already spoiled. Yeah. I mean, well, even when even when I started teaching Dylan and David to shoot a little bit, I was like naughty about Air Pro. Like, yeah. Nope. You don't know. Yeah. You have you only pick that gun up double Air Pro. Yeah. In a but by, by, by the time they kind of got to the age where it was getting more serious, I was shooting suppressed. So yep. they just kind of like, I don't know, they're spoiled. They're grandfathered in. Exactly. They're 100% spoiled. Spoilt. Uh, spoilt. It's all right. No, that's what you need, though. I think that's for sure. That's a great way to say it. Like, is um, If you're on the fence, go get a 22 suppressor. Build your own. Go buy when they're cheap. Either way. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get a 22 can and not, and not fall in love with it. No. No, for sure. That's, so... Anytime anybody's out here that don't have suppressors and they're like they're they're real inquisitive because they want to know like how long it takes, that's the hardest part for people is spending all that money and having to wait and then like, sitting there with nothing. Yes. Yeah. So anytime, but they're like, okay, sell me on this suppressor deal, and I'm like, well, number one, it's great, but out here, it's it's way easier to sell it to them because there's nothing for Big Echo. Yeah. So it's even quieter. Yeah, for sure. And the first thing I do is I go get a twenty two, longer barrel twenty two, mm-hmm. put subsonics in it, and I shoot it. And that right there, they're like, I'm Oh my god, that. that's I'm amazing. buying one. Yeah. I'm buying one. <laughs> well, you do that you do that with an AR and the loudest part of it is the bolt clicking home. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's the cool thing for me. Or yeah. Uh three hundred blackout. Mm-hmm. percent. Oh, yeah, some subs out of a three hundred yes. on steel is always yes. like that's my that's my thing. Well, bolt even, gun. even a three oh eight with subs. Yeah, I know, I know Wade loves the 308s, but I mean, any 308s basically a sub, right? Yeah. <laughs> Once it gets out past 100 yards, it has the same ballistics characteristics as a sub. Sonic, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, man, where do we go next? I know one, I'm one watching thing, the time because I know you got to go. Ah, uh, yeah, but, it'll be all right. I, I undershot y'all on purpose, but one thing I will go, to I want to roll back to. What does that mean? Means I told you twelve, and it'd probably be all right if I didn't leave till twelve fifteen or a little later. But I'm you telling you twelve because that's our target. One. That's our target. <laughs> When's it, how many times y'all had somebody walk off the set? <laughs> that's actually our goal. One day is yes. just to like bring somebody in here and shit talk them so Kyle. bad, see just get pissed and leave. See how long it takes you them to get, get Kyle. Out. You can get Kyle fired up. Kyle fired. I I really wanted Kyle to be here when you came. Oh. The two of us in the same room probably wouldn't be the best idea. <laughs> no, it'd be There'd be great. a lot of jokes flying it'd back be great. that nobody would understand. Yeah. And then it would be like, who's going to well, push the other under, one to get mad? Nobody understands Kyle, Kyle's old man humor anyways. That's true. That's true. <laughs> what did you think of me cutting him off that one time? That was the greatest thing I've ever seen. The look on his face. <laughs> oh, that, That's so become good. a meme in our group text. Oh. I, uh, I photoshopped 
<laughs> some eyes and a mouth on there you to be a surprise to, uh, face. Send that picture to Fitzy so we can pop it up right now in the podcast. For sure. So I, I, uh, I had Fitzy's number. <clears throat> that was not planned. That was completely spontaneous. Off the cuff. I let the uh, let the intrusive thoughts win. I, like I often I like think it. about just crashing the show all the time when we do it. Go yeah. for it. Oh the best God. part to me was the music. Cause I, so in the beginning, I had put on this playlist that was just like random assorted music. It was yeah. like a live stream. The fact that the music synced up so perfectly to it. It just started drowning him out. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's perfect. <laughs> I've watched that video so many times. <laughs> I love it. I Kyle's love it. so getting crushed. It's like, oh no, I don't get picture. to tell this overly long story. Yes. Well, he had actually done that story for us when we filmed his first podcast that yes. we had to throw away because it was so shitty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that made it even better. Please don't throw mine out because it's shitty. Uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see well, how that it goes. Was, that was back when we cared. Yeah. Was, now you're good. You, no, one thing see, I was going to go back to. I care. Always, always. No, now we just need we just need content. It's like we're we're at that stage now where it's like, yeah, whatever, send it. Anybody, some random guy walking well, we'll down the street. Bring, hey, you want to bring come it with, podcast? Bring this guy with some tubes. We're gonna throw oh, yeah. tubes for forty five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I will go back to on the form one, and I just thought of it because uh, when I drilled this one out and shot it out here, you remember? Do you remember the first time I shot it? It was just dark. It was late at night. You just come around and I shot it, and sparks flew out the end, and you Tiny. were like, uh. I'm not sure if that's legit, but uh, you just got a lot of sparks <laughs> flying out of the end of there. And that was one thing that I learned on those Form 1 suppressor pages was when you're drilling it out, there's going to be that titanium yeah. will ignite. Yeah. And there's going to be shavings and stuff in there that you don't get cleaned up no matter how hard you try it. In the first couple shots, you're going to send sparks out. Yeah. So be aware of that and don't don't freak out when you start sending sparks. You built it wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Titanium, uh, it's not – usually titanium cans aren't good at flash suppression. So no. that's one aspect. And like you said, they're – because you'll see that on some of the commercial cans too. Yeah. Yeah, if there's any kind of debris or anything in there, it'll – It'll, yeah, it'll spark it'll for that. a bit. But – no, it's not bad. <gasps> there you go, Kyle. There's your call. Yep. Oh, yep. there's been a few. Oh, those, some of those were legit calls. Oh, okay. Like I'm coughing away his COVID. Yeah, we're trying to push. He's that trying away. to get in here, coughing out. Yeah. Do you want to? Uh, you want to wrap it up there? I think I think it's a good, good stopping place. Yeah, we're we're good. Whatever you think. We need to. Here's the question, Miles. Honest opinion. Which is smarter, oh. a coyote or a whitetail buck? I don't know. A mature opinion. Coyote or mature buck? I don't know the honest opinion on that. I think it really depends about the timing. What? Well, one gets smarter during a part of the year. Yeah, where you lean. That's where you lean toward coyote on that deal. You know, they're they're having to fight for their life all year round. And a buck, you know, they're they're seemingly easier to pattern preseason when they're still in buck groups. And they're mm-hmm. going to consistently come through the same place. They're going to consistently come with the same thing. Uh, they still even do that smarter. I'll say one of the better bucks I've shot out up in the panhandle. So I watched this buck come in from a mile out, and there was a set of six bucks coming, and they were far enough out you couldn't see much about them, but you could see that last one was a monster. And they came in, and I watched them come down a canyon, in and out, in and out, up and down, and then it was 20 minutes before dark. And five of them came through, like no big deal. Didn't think nothing of it. They came running out. And the crazy part about this deal, they were – so I was in some canyon lands that backed up to a circle irrigation wheat field. Oh, there was 30 deer out in that wheat field. The old farmer come out there in a suburban and chased them off the field. 
chased all them deer off. And so they come flying back by us. And there's six does at the end. And I don't know if one of them was hot or something, but that mature buck caught them six doe. And I've heard them like a cow dog, herded them up and was pushing them back toward that wheat. And when he had those doe and he come by, that's when I got him. But he's a 145-inch eight-point, and he was, I don't know, seven years old, eight years old, something like that. He had messed up teeth. But but you got him nonetheless. I did get him with a 30 out six unsuppressed god that is really stupid knocked deer. him right down right really there with nothing to do of course he's probably like 30 yards away uh 75 <laughs> <laughs> so was just across the canyon but oh okay middle of the summer seven-year-old male coyote seven-year-old uh, buck Which i, I mean smart? i'm gonna have to go with a coyote Especially if they if they're seven years old, they've been around. They've probably been shot at. They've heard the calls. Uh, they're smart. That's, you go back to those studies where those guys have done. How long does it take a cow yeah. to come in? Where yeah. they put that collar out, and one of those I can't remember the number. I won't say it was close, like twenty four hours by the time that that cow actually came in and checked yeah. it out. And you know it's hard to kill them old warrior cows. If you look at it, most people are killing cows that are fairly young. Yeah. And that's just they're prolific. There's lots of them. You're going to do that, but finding the the tough ones that have been there a while. I, I do think that that's harder. I'd have to go against Daniel on this one and go <laughs> hey, with Kyle. This weekend, this weekend, he was like, Clay said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew that was coming. Oh, God, I knew that was coming. But You, you, gotta, you yeah. stupid motherfucker. <laughs> Clay Reed said. Yeah. Oh, I, he can, Clay, Clay's killed rambling. lots of coyotes. You got to give him credit. He also... He also, he don't give them no credit. Like, you no. heard his opinion on yeah. him. Like, he don't like them. He don't want to give them credit. They're not worthy. <laughs> My thing is, I usually go back. Okay, we, we all usually talk about, like, counterparts, as in canines, like trained canines, yeah. super smart and everything else. I mean, I don't know. Santa's reindeer. <laughs> Fitzy, That's smart. Fitzy was like, "Well, I don't see no service deer out there." True. There, I think the I think the intellectual capability of a dog is is much higher. Yeah. But that's a dog in a controlled and trained environment. Yes. I mean, how many coyotes you trained? Yeah, I mean, no. I'm sure there's talk a few about, out uh, there, but it's about like wild populations. Like, we man, we have to get rid of these uh, all these coyotes because they're sneaking in and slaughtering and causing all this damage. It's like. Man, we got to control this deer population because they run out of cars. They run in front of cars and get no. ran over. They, I will they say eat too much of people's they eat too much. crop. Yeah, yeah. They eat too much crop, and, they, and they, they run out in the middle of the road <laughs> and stand there while the lights come at them like idiots. They're so smart. They're so I will, smart. I will say that there are some coyote stories in my past. You know, I grew up on a dairy, and we had lots of coyotes all the time. And there was some, you know, that there was a couple of them that were smart, and they always had had something happen to them. The, it's funny, the two stories I really think about are there was three-legged coyotes. And one of them, we had a springer pen. So when you're milking cows and they're getting close to having a baby, you bring them up close to the house so you can watch them. You go check on them all the time right. throughout the night. There was a coyote that would come in there, and when that mama cow laid down to have her baby, he would go in there. As soon as the head of that calf came out, he would chew its throat out and kill that calf, and then he would go off and sit and leave. And so when that mama come up after having a baby, you know, she's ready to fight anything that's around her. She's going to protect that calf. Well, it was dead, and they'd eventually leave them, and we'd come get it. Well, that coyote would come back in and eat that calf after the mama had left yeah. and everything was calmed down. But he figured it out. And, I mean, I literally sit, spent nights just staying awake, sitting in that field, watching and waiting for him. I never could catch him. And that's, a, that's part of what makes me say coyote there because when I was out there, he knew I was there. And we had another one. And we had, you know, we, when you pull them calves off, 
you're bottle feeding them. Well, this coyote was a different coyote several years later, but he knew that them calves were on chains and they couldn't get away. They were chained to a hutch where we fed them. Well, he'd come in there and kill them and eat the guts out of them in the middle of the night. And he was killing so many calves a couple of weeks that I literally got on, slept on top of a hay barn. I put a tent on top of a hay barn and was sleeping out there waiting to hear the noise so I could wake up and try to get him killed. And my brother wound up trapping him. But we took and we got, you know, people were always dumping dogs around our farm, so we'd catch some stray dogs. And we started chaining those dogs up at the hutches, and we made yeah. a perimeter of dogs to keep him out of there. And he even got through there sometimes. Yeah. But, I mean, he was he knew where to come get an easy meal. Yeah. And he was an old, old sucker when we finally got him done. So I've seen, so especially out here, and we've recorded some of it, which I don't know where that footage is, on a computer somewhere. But I've seen them do things that require seems like uh, a higher level of thinking than you, what you would attribute to a whitetail. Yeah. As in, I've watched coyotes uh, this one time, sitting in deer stand, watching them. Three or four standing down here in a low spot. Crip down. Like, you know, not standing up, looking or anything. Yeah. While another one rolled around this rabbit and run that so much towards the mother three. And as soon as it went down that little jaw, they smoked that bastard. Yeah. And then I've also, we recorded this. It's like, it's on YouTube even, or it was, uh, two coyotes hunting with a badger. And what, what they did was this coyote and the badger were walking up this way. This other one looped around, got on the other side and the badger was digging into, I guess there was a rabbit down in that hole. I don't know what, like, yeah. the other coyote was standing there with the badger while well, the badger dug on the hole, and the other coyote was standing down from it, and it looked like there was another hole down there, but that requires some, like, that's just a, you know, and it happens. A lot of people have seen it by now that badgers hunt with coyotes. Yeah. They hunt together. Those are two predators. That requires some sort of intelligence to, like, yeah. hey, follow, we what, could follow what the other one's doing. We could benefit from each they're other. They're not talking, like, but they can see it and read it. Uh, well, there's, yeah. I mean, I think the problem is when you, when you talk intelligence, there's like the people can mistake things as, as intelligence that like, you know, really strong instinct right. is yeah, not intelligent. Right. So. Well, that's what I was going to say about like a whitetail buck. They're super cautious, but are the, what are they cautious about? Do yeah. they know what they're being cautious yeah. about? Or is that just their senses are very in tune to noise and smell it's and everything just, else? We kind of started down this road a little bit with clay, uh, what we typically call intelligence could just be a hundred percent, uh, whatever you just used uh, instinct, instinct. instinct. Yeah. But I've also seen coyotes do stuff that I'm like, no, that's, that's some, some, that's, some that's a learned behavior. Like, well, that's what, I mean, that's yeah. what the, like, that's what the working dog comment comes in. Cause you feel like when, when they look at animals, it's like intelligence is like pattern recognition. Yeah. And, and right. And being able to like problem solve and abstract out. And so, yeah, you can see with dogs. You you know dogs, it's you know to some extent are, and they were bred to be uh, that way, so that potential was there. But it's like our deer, like how smart, like how what's the max potential of yeah. a coyote versus right. the max Behavior potential they learn. I yeah. think one hundred percent. It's the god the goddamn smarter animal is coyote one hundred percent. If you <laughs> let's just talk about their noses in general. Deer have <laughs> technically have more, what do they call it? Olfactory sensors Olfactory in their nose than a coyote. Yeah. Yet coyote will go to extreme lengths, way, way further extreme lengths than a whitetail. 
Yeah. To sniff out a situation. Yeah. That white, just tells me right tail, there. A white tail's going to walk into the situation and smell like, it. Coyote's going to walk around it and try to figure out what's there before it tells it me in. right there. And there's also a little bit of instinct. You know, they, they hunt with their nose. Yeah. So their instinct is to get downwind of whatever said situation is. Yeah. But the fact that I've watched some of them go so far downwind, throw their nose up, leave. Yeah. I've never once seen a deer do that. Which yeah. Bucks will hang out downwind of a feeding area mm-hmm. before they come in. But it's nowhere near as far as a coyote will. Well, if they're out there so far, you can't see them. It's, it's no. Just no. You know what? There's not a, there's not a huge. I'm uh, just here to play devil's advocate. I there's mean, not a huge. I'll listen to both sides of this argument. There's not a lot of growth in the coyote bow hunting industry, such as there been in the <laughs> whitetail bow hunting industry. If a deer were so smart, why do they like get within archery range so yeah. often? Well, it's because Ozonics, Because I'm John. an expert hunter. <laughs> I use Sinblock. The closest, so, the closest buck I shot was six yards. That's that's just another thing. Like, okay, uh, the scent control stuff, which I think is a joke, is far more prevalent in the deer hunting community. Yeah. And people swear by it, like Ozonics and other products such as that. But technically, Whitetail have more olfactory sensors. Yeah. Technically, they should be able to smell better. Yeah. Is it the fact that they're so stupid, they don't care that they're smelling a human? But do they recognize the human odor? They most certainly have to. Maybe so- maybe whitetail hunters are so mature and experts that they don't even disturb that deer until it's clearly a mature deer. You, you so know. it's never been shot at. It does not associate human scent with danger. How do you know that's not the case? I've watched so many coyotes, and I mean, coyotes will do some stupid shit out, out of instinctual habits. Like, yeah, well, something, I mean, that prey uh, may be driving them worse. You know, or young coyotes. Anything young is stupid. Yes. So I've seen young cows do some really dumb shit, but I've also seen like some crazy, what I would say was intelligent behavior out of cows. I've seen them do some like smart shit. And, yeah. then, and one of the things is like how they work together to hunt shit. Like the, I've literally watched them fuckers. The ultimate test here. I watched four cows drive, literally do a goddamn deer drive yeah. into other cows. Yeah. It's, there's your answer right there. Well, you could expand that out. One. I'm sure you've seen some National Geographic watching them wild dogs and stuff do all their hunting over in Africa, and they do that. They run it like a relay, chase them, and just same deal with lions. They got, you know, the predators got something out there. They got a wall out, and they'll drive them over to it, and, yeah. you know, picking off that kind of stuff. I mean, there's... I know. This would be like predator. dinosaur people arguing, like, what's smarter, a velociraptor or, like, a, a brontosaurus? <laughs> you don't know. Those ones with the really long necks, they're I'm super smart. I'm just going to say, anything that's predator... Eating meat. Well, predator. Smarter. Well, here's the deal. Predator. You have a predator, right? You have a predator that's a pack animal. What does a pack animal require? Like, there's communication. What does communication require? Like, intelligence. I can't even. <laughs> I, I can't even. No, no, but, but the big horns. Like, I just don't, like, I still don't get the horns. I'm still, I don't understand any uh, of that. It's antlers, dude. Don't care. No, I, like, I like to let him go on and say things wrong <laughs> yeah. in hopes that someone in the comments will say well, something. We'll call him it's out. It's fine. Like, uh, sorry. Well, dude. It's actually a keratin. Uh, it's like the same thing that's in your like uh, toenails. Uh, uh. Stupid. <laughs> Mine's bigger than yours. Like who cares? It's a deer. 
Uh, literally every deer hunter. I know. That's why. I, that's, that's who cares. That's why I don't understand it. And then also, I'm going to stand six feet behind it. I'm going to shoot it at a low angle. Like, what? What are we doing? It is so obvious. You can see it in the picture that they're like not even close to the animal. And I'm like, this works? Hard rule ever picture I what's, take with the deer. You know what? New question. What's smarter? What's smarter? Whitetail hunters or predator hunters? That's my new question. Ooh. Predator hunters. Predator hunters. 100%. I don't know about that. Well, okay. I mean, if I, hunt both, if I hunt both, does that that count? Am I just dumb on both sides? Yeah. Well, okay. I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a fantastic <laughs> argument here, right? So, like, who's more susceptible to marketing and uh, deer hunters? It is very clear that the whitetail industry is so much more large, yes, and successful. And why that is is because people are allowed to be marketed to and pushed in all these different directions. Therefore, the argument could be made: predator hunters is more of like a like a refined hobby. It's either like really <laughs> poor people or like really like old, old school people, yeah. but there's not a lot of money in it. Well, before he gets on one, we got to get miles out of here. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Sorry. Sounds good. So we appreciate you coming out. Miles. If y'all have any questions, reach out to miles. Call Wade. Reach out to miles. <laughs> if you get in trouble, go ahead and reach out to miles. Yeah. As yeah. Well. Yeah, he Over said there, he'll pay again, the legal fees. Anything I advised or said on this podcast is not the law. Do yeah. your own research. You heard it right here. He said it's the law. He's right on everything. Reach out to him if you have any issues. Always. <laughs> well, we'll see you guys next time.